Welcome to the Music Shop Podcast, where we talk with music retailers from across the country about the challenges of running their business and how they succeed. I'm your host, Taylor Harnoise. All right, we're here today with David from David's Broken Note. Thanks for hopping in here today with us, David. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for hopping in. I wanted to just kind of kick this off by asking a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about your background, kind of how you got started in the industry, some of the things that you know led you into getting into the music instrument space. Honestly, I got lucky. I kind of fell into it. You know, I imagine like a lot of, you know, kids growing up in high school, just, you know, you're a band geek and you just kind of, <laughs> you played music. And I worked at my local music store here in town. And um, I was just super fortunate that there was a traveling technician who went from, you know, music store to music store, picking up inventory, taking it back to his shop and then delivering it. And um, he was kind enough to let me come out to his shop. So at night I'd drive an hour to go hang out with him and I would just watch what he's doing. And then after enough time, he'd let me do like, all right, the music store up and down the West Coast until finally just coming back home to Woodland and opening up my own. (laughs) So that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about, David, is... uh, Take a putter flute, put it back together. Take it apart, put it back together. And it just kind of grew from there, from just that one person's kindness to let a high school kid just hang over their shoulder and watch them. And then he just suggested, hey, if you're serious about this, consider going to school. And so then it just went from one school to another school, then from music store to music store to music store, up and down the West Coast until finally just coming back home to Woodland and opening up my own. <laughs> so that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about, David, is uh, your educational background. I found that to be really interesting. So it looks like you started out kind of more on the school band side of things and then really moved into Luthier School. Is that right? Absolutely. I got, again, just another situation, just got lucky. There's only two band instrument repair schools in the country that I know of. There's just a you know, Renton Tech up in Renton, Washington, and then Red Wing at Red Wing, Minnesota. And both of them fantastic. Lots of great technicians from both. And I just got lucky going to a Burt conference in, I think it was Kentucky that year, that I met with a technician who happened to be doing a presentation and he was looking for an apprentice and kind enough to oh, let wow. me come down to Phoenix, Arizona. And just again, coincidentally, in Phoenix, Arizona, Roberto Venn School of Luthery, one of the best luthier schools in the country, just <laughs> wow. I just got lucky. Like I figured, hey, if I can do both, I don't need anybody else. And plus, yeah. I mean, I was a trumpet player in high school and I've always liked guitar. So like I have a passion for both and it just made sense. And you know what? The opportunity, just hop onto it when you see it. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like a lot of right place at the right time kind of thing, but at some point you got to You got to chalk it up to destiny at some point, I would think. A little bit, I hope. I mean, this is definitely something that I just have a passion for. And that's where I find myself being a little different than other music stores, is that in my area specifically, at least, and going up and down the West Coast, like I say, I was at school up in Washington. My apprenticeship was in Arizona, and I took over as a technician in Nevada when I was about 22. Oh, Um, wow. 
I mean, it sounds more impressive than it was, but, you know, I came into a situation when that guy was in a situation and I just kept the boat floating, but, oh man, that was an interesting time. Um, yeah, I like fixing stuff. It's just what I like to do, and I think that might be just a little different than other places that maybe retail might be more prominent and right. kind of a transitioning from, you know, early 2000s to, you know, early 2010s of like getting away from just necessarily mom and pop retail and getting more online, the booming of Amazon and all the other companies, you know, Sweetwater, whatever, blah, blah, blah yeah. companies. And that shift, that paradigm shift away from mom and pop shops in essence but service has always been important and always been my priority is that i want people to walk away with something functioning properly because then they'll come back to me because ultimately amazon can't fix anything you're right yeah exactly you know those are some things i actually wanted to chat with you about today as well there's some okay. of the changes that we've seen in the industry as well before we kind of get into that what took you from you know, working at these other shops and school, the education side of it, what took you from that into wanting to go into business for yourself? I recently was handed a book called The E-Myth. Have you guys ever heard of it? Yeah, it's a great book. I wish I had read it when I was 20 <laughs> and, you know, just coming out of school, basically, because it would have maybe changed my mindset. And it's like, because I mean, literally, they, I mean, they use technician as the metaphor of the person who knows how to do a skill set. But I mean, you take it a step further. I literally am a technician right. and it fits their metaphor just smack dab right on the head of like, I was young. I had that belief. Oh, I could do this better. I know what I'm doing. I said, yeah. and you just do that. And <laughs> just every small business in America that does that basically. So <laughs> yeah. if anybody listening to this, if you haven't read that book and you're thinking of starting a business, like for sure, the e-myth, it's very worth a read. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that actually really leads well into kind of what my next question was going to be mm. is that. What were some of the misconceptions you had about being a business owner, you know, before you got into it and how did you kind of encounter those and then resolve those? You've been doing this as a business owner for about a decade. So I'm sure as you kind of got into it, you discovered some things that were maybe not quite what you thought they would be, or maybe a little bit different. Can you talk about that a little bit? I guess it's understanding how many hats you have to wear, especially as, you know, being a lot of it doing it by myself. I mean, anyone who reads the name of our business, it's David's S apostrophe for plural Davids, because I had a partner who was also a David. So we, together, you know, we started it and both of us were technicians. He went up to the school up in Renton with me. And then after that's just where we diverged, going our own separate paths. But then finally coming back home because both of us grew up here in Woodland there's just a lot of hats you have to wear, whether it's, uh, you know, the bookkeeping side, trying to figure out and understand, you know, any kind of tax code at 22 years old. It takes a lot of research. And again, I'm fortunate that I have family members that were CPAs and they really helped me like really kind of start going and saves me a whole lot of expense. Cause I mean, I imagine you guys have probably heard other music stores or dealt with it yourself. It's just getting people like that who are experts and know what they're doing and can help you, even though, yes, it costs you something, you're saving all that time and money in fixing your mistakes, basically, and doing it right and setting you up for a proper trajectory. So a lot of hats that you have to wear because my training 
was very much just fixing stuff. That's what I was good at. So I was really like, I look at myself now, <laughs> I was a better employee than a business owner. <laughs> and that's what I probably should have been. But I dove headfirst anyway, and I'm lucky that it worked out. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Music Shop 360 Retail Software. Music Shop 360 helps music stores manage all the pieces of their business. It's great for managing instrument repairs, tracking inventory in-store and online, or taking recurring payments for instrument rentals. Music Shop 360 also has built-in tools for communicating with customers so you can keep them in the loop and coming back to your store. With our Reverb.com integration, you can connect your inventory to their site and expose your business to a larger, worldwide audience. With everything built into one system, it makes this process seamless and incredibly easy. Music Shop 360 does all this and more. For listeners of this podcast, Music Shop 360 is offering 50% off your startup costs. Click the link in the description or call 385 385- 217-6158 to schedule a demo and redeem this offer. And now back to the show. Yeah, it makes it uh, challenging as a business owner hopping into that and really having to learn every aspect of it and that. So one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was, you know, you've been in business for about 10 years. How has the business changed during that time? I'm sure you've seen quite a few changes in both the industry and, and your business itself. Oh, for sure. As the industry has gone, definitely more of that Amazon, Sweetwater, Woodwind and Brasswind, they won retail a long time ago. But ultimately, when it comes to service, especially within your own local community, it's just... I mean, it was a joke when I was at school, and that was 2009, that my teacher then would joke and say, look, there are more people retiring from this industry than coming in. Yeah. So when it comes to finding technicians, it's just you, especially if you practice, if you're good at what you do, you treat people with kindness and respect, you'll be fine the rest of your life because ultimately, again, Amazon can't fix anything for you. Yeah. And that's what people, you know, respond to, you know, as a consumer, I know when I walk in somewhere and I'm going to be getting a high level of customer service maybe even price point becomes less important to me at that time, just because I know I'm going to be serviced really well. So I think that's important. That was perfect. That is one of the biggest things like in my area. I mean, perfect example. I've got a neighboring music store. They're a big retailer. And so I say they're the opposite side of the coin. If I'm shopping for a car, I want to go to a big dealer, but it's also really nice to know that they can service that car at the same time. So it's just the opposite side of the coin and that's fine. So I'm your auto mechanic. They're your dealership. That's fine. And our community has responded to that. And so (laughs) anytime they sell a pack of strings, they put them on for free and I charge $30 to restring just a standard six string guitar. And I did a report this last year and it was my most popular service. And I kind of yeah. was just like, why? How does this make sense? I mean, if I'm yeah. just the average consumer, why would I pay an additional $30 for something that I can get for free? And what I found out was that, um, it's just what I do was different. I mean, locking tires for strings, lemon oiling the fingerboard, polishing everything up with a four aught steel, really clean. And I walk people through the process. I talk to them. I show them what I'm doing. It's an experience. 
Yeah. And I just came to find that, you know what? Yeah, it's price. It's important, but it's not the most important thing. It's yeah. that person to person interaction. It's knowing I am comfortable that my guitar is going to be taken care of. And this guy, a guy I can look at right in the eye is going to yeah. do it. <laughs> do you find yourself servicing more uh, serious players or you service you know, beginners, maybe people who don't know a lot about their instrument? It's a mixed bag. I mean, these, especially during the pandemic, it's just, I get a bit of everything. I would say when it comes to band instruments, so brasswind and woodwind, those categories, predominantly, it's going to be more in the beginning students range because I serve a school district. Yeah. So that's, you know, mostly everything in the beginning student range. Even when you get into high schools, they're, at least in my area, there's the... Yeah, yeah, younger folks, I'll say that. Yeah, and yeah. they are beat to heck, so they need yeah. a lot of love. And then when it comes to the guitars, especially because I'm also a tailor, warranty service technician, also for Guild and Cordoba Music Group, recording Yamaha guitars, so I'm hopefully that's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, Ibanez and the Godan Music Group, all those companies, we do warranty work for them. So because of that, I buy a $5,000 tailor. I don't want to send it to the factory. I mean, right. I don't know your guys' experience, but shipping is, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's terrible. And when yeah. you love your instrument, you want it to go to somebody who also loves it. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. And again, you know, I think a lot of that comes back to, you know, providing a high level of customer service and being able to, um, you know, give your customers somebody to connect with, just like they've connected with their instrument, they want to connect with the people who are servicing their instrument as well. So that's awesome. So we've talked a little bit about kind of how business has changed and the industry has changed. What about the consumer? What have you noticed that's different about consumers today than maybe what you had experienced when you first started David's Broken Note? <laughs> Honestly, a lot of it really just comes down to that personal relationship. I've had a lot of younger guys. I mean, I'm only 33, so when I say younger, I'm talking, you know, 22. It's really super convenient to go online and shop for guitars and just be like, oh, I want to get blah, blah, blah. And that photo that I'm looking at looks fantastic. That flame on that particular guitar is amazing, but you're not going to get that one. You're going to get another version of that thing. So the flame's not going to be the same. The fretwork's not going to be exactly the same. It's not a one for one. And I think there's a misconception for customers when it comes to stuff like that. And so then when they actually get it in hand and it's not this amazing, beautiful staged item that just looks perfect on my phone and then I get it and I'm like, ah, and, it, and then it doesn't play on top of it. <laughs> right. I really try and bring customers along in the process. I'm like, let's take it maybe from the perspective of a manufacturer of like, you know, X item is being maintained in X atmosphere in X place in the world. And then it's going to ship to wherever. And it's not going to be a climate controlled shipping situation. It's just a cardboard box and hopefully a hard shell case, hopefully. And okay. there's a the thing right there, hopefully. <laughs> right. Uh, and then it's going to go to whatever X place in the world. So, you know, Florida versus Arizona. The wood's going to change. Something's going to move. It's not going to be stable. And that's known, you know, in the industry. But, you know, a 22-year-old yeah. kid, does he know that? Does right. he like, I know humidity for, you know, my hair or something, but not for my guitar. So <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so that's the culture shock I feel that some people that are, you know, maybe don't grow up in the music industry, that they don't 
are, they're not unaware of is like, yeah, shipping. <sighs> Amazon has normalized shipping so much that everything shows up perfectly, but not when it comes to something that's alive. Not when yeah. it's guitars, not when it's even clarinets, when they're wooden bodies. It's just, it moves because it's still alive and you need to take care of it. Yeah. Especially if yeah. you want to, you know, if you really work hard and save up and buy that special instrument that you've been like, oh, I would love to get that ES-335 that I've been courting for the last seven years. Yeah, just anyway, <laughs> I yeah. feel like I drifted away from your question. Well, no, that's perfect. I mean, that's what I was uh, wanted to follow up on as well is, I mean, do you feel like consumer education has increased, you know, obviously with, you know, the way that we have information readily available to us right at our fingertip at all times, you know, your average consumer who's walking through the door, do you feel like they're better educated as they walk in today, maybe than they were when you first opened up? I would say yes, on very specific things, like more specifications, like again, for guitars, Yeah, people have a better idea because of videos. I know it's, um, I really want those uh, Seymour Duncan Nazgul pickups. Like they just sound fantastic. Or I yeah. want, you know, the burst buckers and that Gibson Les Paul or like that kind of thing. Because yeah. to me, that's more features. Right. That's just like, I went through the spec list. I went through the features and that's kind of in line with what I'm looking for. And so they're yeah. educated in that aspect, which is really nice. So at least customers aren't just for the most part walking and just like, I want a guitar. I'm like, okay, what do you want that guitar to do? Right. <laughs> do you yeah. want a Floyd Rose for better stability or do you not care? Would you never even touch that tool or do you just need to stop that? You know, <laughs> right tool, yeah. right job is what I say to customers all the time. What do yeah. you want? What's your genre? What do you want it to do? And then get the corresponding thing. So I, yeah, in those features, because I think companies have done a really good job in pushing those features more up front, especially with YouTube and just videos. And I mean, you pick X random item and you could probably find 10 videos of people reviewing it, which right. is great because then you get a lot of people who touch it, who play differently, who do different genres of music, have different equipment, have, you know, different amplifiers. So it gives you a slightly different flavor and things like that. So it's just, yeah, yeah I would say more educated in features, but it doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. <laughs> people forget that it's alive yeah. And it needs that extra to maintain it and keep it going. I joke with customers all the time. I'm like, you just got to imagine that it's like a BMW. It's a great tool, but man, are they fussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, I think that, again, just really kind of reinforces the point that when somebody walks through those doors, you know, maybe they are walking in with a little bit more education or a little bit more information on the features of of an instrument, but until they pick up that specific guitar and they have someone there at the store that can really walk them through the, yeah. you know, intricacies of that particular guitar, you know, they're really not in uh, the place they probably should be before buying. So, you know, that interaction that you have with them at the shop level is critical. And, you know, that's what gets people coming back uh, day in and day out, which is awesome. So kind of along those lines, what have you done? You know, you've talked a lot about the customer service piece. In addition to that, what have you done to kind of build your brand to create awareness? I know that you guys have probably moved locations, you know, into bigger spaces <laughs> yeah. and that sort of thing. So how have you grown the business? 
I have just a, a generic thing with Google to where, you know, you every month you're paying, you know, probably like 150 some odd bucks a month, blah, 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 just generic advertising. But yeah. I don't know. At least in my particular, because I'm not retail, just isn't my focus. It's something we have, but it's not my focus. So, yeah. why does someone seek out a technician? They've got a problem, or they want to modify something. Yeah. So, it's really taking a lot of videos and photos, and I haven't done nearly maybe as much as I could have. But yeah. you know, when I have the time, I try. And yeah. editing, it's a lot of work. And that's on the back end that people don't see. It's like, well, hey, yeah. how come you're not just dishing out videos every single week? I'm like, because it's hours worth of work and <laughs> I've got people waiting. Like, I can't. I <laughs> I lose money making those videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At yeah. least in the day-to-day -day operation. Like, But hopefully it brings somebody like, oh, I saw that and maybe I'll get them in the future. But that's just potential. That's not money today as opposed yeah. to, oh, I could have done – you know, three COAs on multiple clarinets if I had just kept my head down and worked. So, <laughs> yeah. To, I guess, more answer your question directly, it's um, making content. Oh, like I was listening to your guys' uh, first uh, episode with uh, the Acoustic Shop, and they were talking about it. It was fantastic. I love listening to those guys that they were talking about, you know, really generating content so people see you they get a face to you and then they grow to trust you again it comes to you're a person and i want to work with that person even if it's a little more expensive because i know it's going to be done right yeah yeah one of the things that i think is unique that you've done as well and people can see this on your website but you have highlighted some local artists that you've worked with as well which i think is fantastic you know to get in you know develop a relationship with local artists as well and that how's that been for you it's been lovely i mean it's just fun to meet people like that you know they're passionate about what you're passionate about yeah and i'm hoping to grow that more because i have yet to really dive more into my communities latin communities you know for the mariachi bands that are in the area i'd love to get more of that stuff it's yeah it's a time thing when i <laughs> when i get the free time to go out and do that i'll be able to and i'm always playing catch up but yeah yeah, that's, I think, always a challenge for everybody, right? To being able to find the bandwidth to get done the things you would like to uh, continue to grow the business. But, um, you know, you've done a great job with it up to this point. And well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, awesome. One of the other things I wanted to ask about is obviously being a technician, you're, you know, you're in the shop day in and day out, you know, working on instruments all day. How has the technology piece changed over the last number of years? Or how are you utilizing technology and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? One of my favorite tools that I like that it was really simple for neck resets on guitars that have dovetail joints. It used to be the steam off method. So if you guys have ever seen those videos, it's just like, you know, get a an espresso machine, you know, a miniature version, fill it up with water and it gets super, super hot. And you're just blasting water and steam through those dovetail neck joints in order to steam off that hide glue in order to remove it from the body. But now, I mean, the simple tool of just, hey, let me just get, I think it's just a copper or brass rod, put it into a Weller soldering station and just shove that in. And it basically is the same thing. And you just add a little bit of water. So it's just, I mean, little rethinking of tools have just made yeah. life 
much easier or diamond dust that they've embedded more so into cutting tools, which has been fantastic. Like it used to have to do fret work with just, you know, fret files and a file is not super smooth unless you're going to get a huge array of teeth gratings. So then having diamond embedding dust, that's like that just made my life infinitely easier, cleaner <laughs> and much more consistent. So I've seen a lot of evolution of tools as time has gone on and they've just gotten more and more expensive. So, <laughs> but you know, it's an investment. They it, do. Makes, it makes my life easier. I'll spend a thousand dollars in this tool and I'll make that back hopefully within a couple of months and then make more down the road. So just an investment. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But what about for in-store? Um, I know you've been using Music Shop 360 for some time now. How has that kind of helped around the shop? You know, Music Shop 360 really helped me improve a lot of aspects of the business that I had, like this software was handling this portion, another software was handling another portion. And to get it all in one just made yeah. life easier as to where the more time that I can focus on customers and instruments, the quality control, the better my life is. So I would say, yeah, Music Shop 360 really helped me consolidate and actually made it a little bit more affordable because I didn't have as many subscriptions with as many companies. So it's just easier. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, anything, and I, I know that's kind of the objective of the software is to, you know, let you spend time doing the things that you love, which is obviously providing a really high level of customer service and working with your instruments and that sort of thing. So that's, that's great feedback. What kind of suggestions or advice might you give to somebody who, you know, as you kind of, if we were to rewind the clock for you back in those early days, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who was thinking about going into business for themselves in the music industry? Don't be too afraid to dive in. I mean, the pandemic, that surprised all of us. Nobody can plan for that. But yeah. you know, I kind of wish I had taken loans out sooner rather than later. But I was being very cautious and very slow progress. But I feel like I could have been on a potentially further trajectory if I had yeah. been maybe less cautious. <laughs> Some people are probably going to probably very much disagree with me on that one. But I don't know. I got lucky in a lot of places, a number of people were extremely kind and I'm just fortunate enough that they were willing to work with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a little bit of, or maybe not a little bit, a lot of elbow grease, a little bit of talent and, <laughs> and that sort of thing will, can go a long way for you. Right. Uh, I try as much as I can to stay as humble as I hopefully can be. I feel like that was one of the big messages that they taught us at school was that like the minute you stop viewing yourself as uh, a student, that's when your skills start deteriorating. So yeah. it's just doggedly, you can't let that go. You just have to be like, no, I'm still improving. I'm still working. I'm not done. I'm going to keep working to keep my people happy and yeah. my skill set as good as I can and hopefully improve it. <laughs> yeah. Never really being satisfied with where you're at, but always kind of having eyes forward on where you want to go and where oh, absolutely. you want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Now, I don't want you to share any uh, trade secrets here, obviously, but uh, what, <laughs> what advice would you give to maybe some other stores that are really kind of struggling to, to kind of keep up with the changes and that sort of thing we've seen in the industry? I had an interesting conversation with one of my reps at... Um... I won't say the manufacturer. It's a very big instrument manufacturer. We'll say that. <laughs> and he had an, some interesting words for me to where he said... I know of maybe, David, 10 technicians in Northern California who can probably do what you do. 
And I mean, he specifies more so that, you know, those are people that are like, they have a storefront because there are a number of technicians that, you know, work out of their garages. So right. I'm not downplaying those people by any means. I know they're out there, but for a, a person of this caliber to say something like that to me yeah. really caught me off guard to where I was just like, you know, I'm good at what I do. I'm fine. I'm hopefully humbled that someone would consider me good enough. <laughs> yeah. So it's more so to your question, find whatever technicians you can, because the more I talk with people in other states, the more I talk with people in the industry, especially manufacturers, it is so hard to find them. And when you find one that you truly like, don't be surprised that 10 other people are also trying to take them too. Yeah. So find your people and take care of them. Hang on to them and make sure they're happy. And <laughs> when they're happy, everybody's happy. I mean, it's pretty self-serving, I feel, for me to say that. But that's just, I mean, that's just the conversations I have with people more and more. Yeah. I mean, literally in my local area, again, Northern California, I know of three technicians uh, for something in the range of like, I don't even know, three million people plus. Yeah, millions and millions I, of people. I mean, how right. many guitars, how many trumpets, how many clarinets are out there? Like, they outnumber us 10 million to one. Like, it's yeah. Yeah. It, so... Anyway, <laughs> that, that's yeah. what I would say. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you hopping in here today and uh, spending a few minutes with us. I know that you're busy and both professionally and personally, so we really do appreciate you carving out a handful of minutes for us today. If you could tell everybody kind of your website, uh, let's get a plug in for your site so people oh, can go you. visit. Yeah, davidsbrokennote.com. There's two ends for broken and note. So uh, please, I mean, hey, it's we always appreciate people checking it out. And uh, thank you guys again. I, this was very much a surprise. I'm very grateful and thankful that you guys would be willing to have me come out here and just talk and talk. So thank you. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to The Music Shop. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating or a review to let us know what you think. For more interviews with business owners, visit musicshop360.com slash interviews, where you'll find transcripts, show notes, and videos for all our episodes.